Good morning and welcome to Bible 365 with me, Hugh Hattrick. I do hope you're well and having a fantastic day. Now today we are on to day 144 of the programme and we're going to be reading from 1 Chronicles chapters 11 through to 13 and then into the New Testament into John chapter 9 verses 1 to 23. So I hope you're ready to hear the word of God and we'll get started with 1 Chronicles Chapter 11. All Israel came together to David at Hebron and said, We are your own flesh and blood. In the past, even while Saul was king, you were the one who had led Israel on the military campaigns. And the Lord your God said to you, You will shepherd my people Israel, and you will become their ruler. When all the elders of Israel had come to King David at Hebron, he made a covenant with them at Hebron before the Lord, and they anointed David king over Israel as the Lord had promised through Samuel. David and, the, and all the Israelites marched to Jerusalem, that is, Jebus, and the Jebusites who lived there, and said to David, You will not get in here. Nevertheless, David captured the fortress of Zion, which is the city of David. David had said, Whoever leads the attack on the Jebusites will become commander-in-chief. Joab, son of Zeruiah, went up first, and so he received the command. David then took up residence in the fortress. And so it was called the city of David. He built up the city around it, from the terraces to the surrounding wall, while Joab restored the rest of the city. And David became more and more powerful, because the Lord Almighty was with him. These were the chiefs of David's mighty warriors. They, together with all Israel, gave his kingship strong support to extend it over the whole land, as the Lord had promised. This is the list of David's mighty warriors. Dashobuim, a Hakmanite, who was chief of the officers. He raised his spear against 300 men, whom he killed in one encounter. Next to him was Elazar, the son of Dodai the Aohite, one of three mighty warriors. He was with David at Pass Damin when the Philistines gathered there for battle. At a place where there was a field full of barley, the troops fled from the Philistines, but they took their stand in the middle of the field. They defended it and struck the Philistines down, and the Lord brought about a great victory. Three of the thirty chiefs came down to David to the rock at the cave of Adullam, while a band of Philistines were encamped in the valley of Rephem. At that time David was in the stronghold, and the Philistine garden was at Bethlehem. David longed for water and said, Oh, that someone would get me a drink of water from the well near the gate of Bethlehem. So the three broke through the Philistine lines, drew water from the well near the gate of Bethlehem, and carried it back to David. But he refused to drink it. Instead, he poured it out to the Lord. God forbid that I should do this, he said. Should I drink the blood of these men who went at the risk of their lives? Because they risked their lives to bring it back, David would not drink it. Such were the exploits of the three mighty warriors. Abishai, the brother of Joab, was chief of the three. He raised his spear against 300 men whom he killed, and so he became as famous as the three. He was doubly honoured above the three and became their commander, even though he was not included among them. Benaiah, son of Jehoiada, a valiant fighter from Kabzeel, performed great exploits. He struck down Moab's two mightiest warriors. He also went down into a pit on a snowy day and killed a lion. And he struck down an Egyptian who was five cubits tall. Although the Egyptian had a spear like a weaver's rod in his hand, Benaiah went against him with a club. He snatched the spear from the Egyptian's hand and killed him with his own spear. Such were the exploits of Benaiah, son of Jehoiada, he too was as famous as the three mighty warriors. He was held in great honour that any of the thirty 
but he was not included among the three. And David put him in charge of his bodyguard. The mighty warriors were Asael, the brother of Joab, Elhanan, son of Dodo, from Bethlehem, Shamoth, the Hararite, Helez, the Pelonite, Ira, son of Ekesh, from Tekoa, Abiza, from Ananothoth, Sibekai, the Hushashite, Eli, the Ahohite, Mahari, the Nephatalite, Heled, son of Bana, the Netophilite, Ethi, son of Ribi, from Gibeah, in Benjamin, Benaiah, the Perithonite, Hurai, from the ravines of Gash, Abiel, the Arabithite, Asmaveth, the Bahunrumite, Eliba, the Shalbanite, the sons of Hasham, the Gizanite, Jonathan, son of Shagi, the Hararite, Ahim, son of Sakar, the Hararite, Eliphal, son of Ur, Hefer, the Mekarathite, Ahijah, the Pelonite, Hezro, the Carmelite, and Neri, son of Esbe. Joel, the brother of Nathan, Mibhar, son of Hagri, Zelek, the Ammonite, Zahari, the Berathite, the armor-bearer of Joab, son of Zeriah, Ira, the Ithrite, Gareb, the Ithrite, Uriah, the Hittite, Zabad, son of Achle, Adina, son of Shezar, the Reubenite, who was chief of the Reubenites, and the thirty men with him, Hanan, son of Maka, Joshaphat, the Mithnite, Uzziah, the Ashtarathite, Shammah and Jael, the sons of Hotham, an Aerorite, Chedial, son of Shimri, his brother Joha, the Tizite, Eliel, the Mahavite, Jerebi, and Josheviah, the son of Elnan, Itmah, the Moabite, Eliel, Obed, and Jaziel, the Mesomate. First Chronicles chapter 12. These were the men who came to David at Ziklag, while he was banished from the presence of Saul, son of Kish. They were among the warriors who helped him in battle. They were armed with bows and were able to shoot arrows or to sling stones right-handed or left-handed. They were relatives of Saul from the tribe of Benjamin. Ahizer, their chief, and Joash, the sons of Shema, the Gibeathite, Jeziel, the Pellet, the sons of Ashmalabeth, Berakah, Jehu, the Athathite, and Ishmaiah, the Gibeonite, a mighty warrior among the thirty. He was the leader of the thirty. Jeremiah, Jehaziel, and Johanan, Jozabad, the Gedadathite, Eluzai, Jeremoth, Beeliah, Shemariah, and Shephatiah, the Hurufite, Elkanah, Eshiah, Azarel, Joezer, and Joshuaim, the Korahites, and Jola, and Zebediah, the sons of Jeroham from Gedor. Some Gedites defected to David at his stronghold in the wilderness. They were brave warriors, ready for battle, and able to handle the shield and spear. Their faces were the faces of lions, and they were as swift as gazelles in the mountains. Ezer was the chief, Obadiah the second in command, Eliab the third, Mishmana the fourth, Jeremiah the fifth, Atai the sixth, Eliel the seventh, Johanan the eighth, Elzebad the ninth, Jeremiah the tenth, and Macbani the eleventh. These Gadites were army commanders. The least was a match for a hundred, and the greatest for a thousand. It was they who crossed the Jordan in the first month, but it was overflowing all its banks, and they put it to flight at everyone living in the valleys, to the east and to the west. Other Benjamites and some men from Judah also came to David in his stronghold. David went out to meet them and said to them, If you have come to me in peace to help me, I am ready for you to join me. 
But if you have come to betray me to my enemies, when my hands are free from violence, may the God of our ancestors see it and judge you. Then the spirit came on Amasai, chief of the 30, and he said, we are yours, David. We are with you, son of Jess. Success, success to you and success to those who help you, for your God will help you. So David received them and made them leaders of his raiding bands. Some of the tribe of Manasseh defected to David when he went with the Philistines to fight against Saul. He and his men did not help the Philistines because after consultation, their rulers sent him away. They said, it will cost us our heads if he deserts us to his master Saul. When David went to Ziklag, these were the men of Manasseh who defected to him. Adna, Josabad, Jedael, Michael, Josabad, Elihu, and Jelithai, leaders of the units of a thousand in Manasseh. They helped David against raiding bands, for all of them were brave warriors, and they were commanders in his army. Day after day, men came to help David, until he had a great army like the army of God. These are the numbers of the men and armed for battle who came to David at Hebron to turn Saul's kingdom over to him. And the Lord has said, from Judah, carrying shield and spear, 6,800 armed for battle. From Simeon, warriors ready for battle, 7,100. From Levi, 4,600, including Jehoiada, leader of the family of Aaron, with 3,700 men. And Zadok, a brave young warrior with 22 officers from his family. From Benjamin, Saul's tribe, 3,000, most of whom had remained loyal to Saul's house until then. From Ephraim, brave warriors, famous in their own clans, 20,800. From half the tribe of Manasseh, designated by name to come and make David king, 18,000. From Issachar, men who understood the times and knew what Israel should do, 200 chiefs with all their relatives under their command. From Zebulun, experienced soldiers prepared for battle with every type of weapon. To help David with undivided loyalty, 50,000. From Naphtali, 1,000 officers, together with 37,000 men carrying shields and spears. From Dan, ready for battle, 28,600. From Asher, experienced soldiers prepared for battle, 40,000. From east of the Jordan, from Reuben, Gad, and the half-tribe of Manasseh, armed with every type of weapon, 120,000. All these were fighting men who volunteered to serve in the ranks. They came to Hebron fully determined to make David king over all Israel. All the rest of the Israelites were also of one mind to make David king. The men spent three days there with David, eating and drinking, for their families had supplied provisions for them. Also, their neighbours, from as far away as Issachar, Zebulun and Naphtali, came bringing food on donkeys, camels, mules and oxen. There were plentiful supplies of flour, fig cakes, raisin cakes, wine, olive oil, cattle and sheep, for there was joy in Israel. First Chronicles chapter 13. David conferred with each of his officers, the commanders of thousands and commanders of hundreds. He then said to the whole assembly of Israel, if it seems good to you and if it is the will of the Lord our God, let us send word far and wide to the rest of our people throughout the territories of Israel and also to the priests and Levites who are with them in their towns and pasture lands to come and join us. Let us bring the ark of our God back to us for we did not inquire of it during the reign of Saul. The whole assembly agreed to do this because it seemed right to all the people. So David assembled all Israel from the Shehor River in Egypt to Lebo Hamath, 
to bring the ark of God from Kiriath-Jerim. David and all Israel went to Bala of Judah, Kiriath-Jerim, to bring up from the ark, to bring up from up to bring up from there the ark of God the Lord, who is enthroned between the cherubim, the ark that is called by the name. They moved the ark of God from Abinadab's house on a new cart with Uzzah and Ahio guiding it. David and all the Israelites were celebrating with all their might before God, with songs and with harps, lyres, timbrels, cymbals and trumpets. When they came to the threshing floor of Kidon, Uzzah reached out his hand to steady the ark, because the oxen stumbled. The Lord's anger burned against Uzzah, and he struck him down because he had put his hand on the ark. So he died there before God. Then David was angry because the Lord's wrath had broken out against Uzzah. And to this day, that place is called Perez Uzzah. David was afraid of God that day and asked, how can I ever bring the ark of God to me? He did not take the ark to be with him in the city of David. Instead, he took it to the house of Obed-Edom, the Gittite. The ark of God remained with the family of Obed-Edom in his house for three months and the Lord blessed his household and everything he had. Now we'll go into John. Hopefully this should be a, a little bit less of a tongue twister. Lots of interesting names to try and pronounce. And it's chapters, uh, chapter 9, verses 1 to 23. As he went along, he saw a man blind from birth. His disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents? that he was born blind. Neither this man or his parents, said Jesus. But this happened so that the works of God might be displayed in him. As long as it is a day, we must do the works of him who sent me. Night is coming when no one can work. While I am in the world, I am the light of the world. After saying this, he spit on the ground, made some mud with the saliva and put it on the man's eyes. Go, he told him, wash in the pool of Siloam. The word means sent. So this man went and washed and came home seeing. His neighbours and those who had formerly seen him begging asked, isn't this the same man who used to sit and beg? Some claimed that he was, that he was. Others said, no, he only looks like him. But he insisted himself, I am the man. How then were your eyes open, they asked. He replied, the man they called Jesus made some mud and put it on my eyes. He told me to go to Siloam and wash. So I went and washed and then I could see. Where is this man? They asked him. I don't know, he said. They brought to the Pharisees the man who had been blind. Now the day on which Jesus had made the mud and opened the man's eyes was a Sabbath. Therefore the Pharisees also asked him how he had received his sight. He put mud on my eyes, the man replied, and I washed and now I see. Some of the Pharisees said, this man is not from God, for he does not keep the Sabbath. But others asked, how can a sinner perform such signs? So they were divided. Then they turned again to the blind man. What have you have to say about him? It was your eyes he opened, the man replied. He is a prophet. They still did not believe that he had been blind and had just received sight until they sent for the man's parents. Is this your son, they asked. Is this the one you say was born blind? How is it that now he can see? We know he is our son, the parents answered, and we know he was born blind. But now he can see, or who opened, or, but now he can see now or who opened his eyes, we don't know. Ask him. He is of age. He will speak for himself. Now, there we are. Well, that was certainly a good 
passage and plenty of things in it to, to pray about. So we will start to pray um, just now. Dear Lord Jesus, thank you for our time together. Lord, we pray that help us to understand your word and your wisdom. Lord, we ask for wisdom so much, Lord, because we desperately need it at this time. Lord, we thank you for the words that you have given us and help us, Lord, to create joy and love and a welcoming spirit, Lord, of, of hospitality and, Lord, of generosity. Lord, the, all the things that you have shown us, we pray, help us to give those out to all those around us. And Lord, help us as we pray, Lord, to know the needs of your people. Lord, to have prayers, Lord, that are exactly as you want them to be. They don't have to be long, but Lord, I pray that they would be precise and they would be a blessing to your ear. And we ask, Lord Jesus, that you would hear our cries for help. Hear our cries for, Lord, for a, a new chance at life. Lord, for you to rebuild us, Lord, to make us into who you have called us to be. I give you all the praise and all the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, there we are. That was day 144 of Bible 365. And I'll be making many more videos over the next coming days. And there's a little break between the last one just because I was away for a couple of days. It was the school midterm. But I'll be doing many more over the next few days. So we should be well on track. But thanks very much for your lovely comments. I hope you have a wonderful day. And may God bless you. And I'll see you very soon. Bye just now.